Our sermon this morning, concluding measuring uh, our series, Measuring What Matters, is taken from Ruth, the very first chapter, verses 1 through 18. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, and he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where they had been living, she and her two sons, or she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husband? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. And they wept aloud. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die, there I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. That's God's word for us this morning. Uh, when I was growing up, my grandmother frequently would use a phrase, uh, we're just plain folk, just plain folk, uh, ordinary people, just trying to do the best that we can. Uh, don't think uh, of yourself as extra special or above anybody else, just know you're plain folk, just plain folk, and try to uh, be humble in service to others and care for others. Ordinary people, just Plain folk. The story that Ruth uh, encompasses, the book of Ruth encompasses, is about plain, ordinary people. 
that sometimes are pressed to do extraordinary things, desperate things. There are four things, uh, at least, that we can learn from Ruth's story. And really, at the beginning, it's Naomi's story. Ruth just happens to be a, a very good part of it. First, desperate times call for desperate measures. A family is forced from their home because of natural disaster. There's a famine in the land. Natural causes. It's created economic disaster. And it's created desperation. People are desperate to find some sense of hope, some place they can go so desperate that they're willing to leave their homes. That they're willing to travel to a strange land, to a foreign land, to strange people, not knowing what the future may hold, but that's how desperate they are. Every night on every news channel, there's something about the trail of refugees, of people leaving the Middle East, the people leaving Syria, desperate people, willing to leave their homes in the hope that they can find a better life somewhere else. Naomi and Eli Melek, they take their boys and they leave. They're desperate. They're driven because of natural disaster. Man-made disasters create the same kind of problems. Trails of refugees. People trying to find some sense of hope. Second thing is Murphy's Law. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Stuck in a strange land after making this desperate journey. Stuck in a strange land. Naomi suddenly finds herself trying to raise two boys as a single parent. According to uh, the way the story unfolds, Eli Melek uh, seemingly dies almost as soon as they get to the place they're going. Maybe the journey was too much for him. We don't know the circumstances of his death, but we know that he's died. And Naomi is on her, on her own with two sons. The 2010 census showed that 34% of the children in Indiana live in single-parent homes. Over 40% of those single-parent homes with children under 18, live below the poverty line. Desperate folk. Uh, People who've experienced, uh, perhaps experienced life in a way they didn't anticipate and are trying to do the best that they can under desperate circumstance. It's all gone wrong to this point for Naomi. Single parent, no husband, and no hope, or seemingly no hope. Somehow, Naomi and the two boys make it. Uh, they, they find a way. They do some things to, to claim life and to make life better in this strange land. But... The boys grow up. They get older. And Naomi uh, is faced with the prospect of her two sons now bringing home girls that she's not real sure about. 
It's meet the parents, or in this case, meet the parent. Uh, The boys bring home two Moabite girls, and and Naomi's not real sure what all that means. And perhaps if you've had a daughter or son bring home uh, somebody that they intended to, to marry... Man or woman, you know, and, and brought him into your house. And, and maybe your first reaction was, I'm not real sure about this. I'm not sure this is going to work out. Uh, Naomi, with the background and the, and the teaching that you weren't supposed to uh, marry strangers, foreigners, you weren't supposed to marry outside your tribe, all of a sudden, not surprisingly, having moved to this strange land, has sons that want to do that very thing. Marry two girls that are outside uh, the tribe, outside what Naomi probably thought somehow would happen. In spite of Naomi's concerns, they do marry. The boys marry. And then there's Murphy's Law Part 2. After several years, the sons die. And again, we're not told the circumstances But disaster strikes again. The two daughters-in-law are without husbands. Naomi left without without her sons, without her husband, but with two unusually devoted daughters-in-law. One of them, following Naomi's reasonable instruction after first protesting, one of them following Naomi's very reasonable instruction decides to go back to her home, to her household. Oprah, Oprah, Orpah. But Ruth won't hear that. She is determined that she's going to stay with her mother-in-law. And she sings speaks this, this great word. Do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I go. I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. And Ruth goes with her. And maybe if there's nothing else to learn from this early part of the story, the most important thing to learn is that whatever life brings our way, whatever desperate circumstances that we may find ourselves in, it's far better to go through those desperate times with somebody we know cares about us than it is to try and do it on our own. And Naomi has found that, that gift in Ruth and her devotion and really in her other daughter-in-law, Orpah. Well, I don't have time to go into the rest of the story, but just let me say this. Ruth and Naomi leave and go back to Bethlehem. And Naomi, as soon as they get there, Naomi gets busy. She finds Ruth a prospective husband. She sends Ruth to the fields to uh, gather food so they can survive. It's the first time Ruth goes to the field. It's to gather food and to, uh, as Naomi Uh, kind of guides her to uh, attract some attention. The second time she goes to the field, it's to attract a prospective husband. Ruth's not sure really about all this, but she follows Naomi's instruction along the way. Uh, The person that presents himself, 
seems, uh, you know, you can imagine that Ruth might be a little too old. After all, this man is counseling her, Boaz counseling her, don't go where the younger men are. Don't go where the younger men are. You stay right here. Stay right here so I can watch you. Keep Keep an eye on you. Maybe the guy seems too old to Ruth. Naomi says, don't worry. Older men are good husbands. Besides, he's the only man we've got. Well, Ruth marries, has a son in Bethlehem. Ruth is a vulnerable young woman, devoted to her mother-in-law, who was at a dead end with no hope, Hitched her wagon, clung, we are told, to Naomi. Clung. But seemingly with no future for either one of them. Marries. Has a son in Bethlehem. And names him Obed. Obed goes on to have a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named David. And David's offspring eventually includes a son named Joseph. And Joseph marries a down-and-out girl named Mary, and they have a son in Bethlehem named Jesus. Yeshua in Hebrew, which means God saves. You see, Ruth the Moabite, the foreigner, the stranger, through the twist in terms of providence, becomes part of the means for salvation for Israel, for us. The story of this family, this family who faces the ups and downs that life can bring, this story of this family, just plain folk, reminds us that God can and does use ordinary families like yours, like mine, in awesome and wonderful ways. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for what you uh, can do with us and do in us, things that we cannot imagine, nor can we see. God, we trust ourselves to you. We trust our things to to things that matter, to our relationship with you and to the relationship that you call us to have with, with other people through Christ Jesus. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.